We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Clint, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Y'all can call me dirty from now on because I plan on getting dirty with George's ass. I'll give you the politically non-correct answer. Let the nuts hang. Let the fucker fly, man. Well, you never know what the hell is going to go on in Morgantown. You get off the bus, it smells like straight whiskey. Whatever 50-year-old white man's out here doing a gritty that night, you know? Whatever. But no, I'm serious. The lights went out. Don't worry, guys. Don't worry. It's Dabo doing the gritty. I say right foot creep. Cheers, boys. Welcome back to the Field of 12 After Dark College Football's Conference Championship Week. My name is George Whitfield Jr. I'm going to be rolling with my man, Matt Hayes, Trevor Knight. Fellas, how are we doing? Great, man. Rocking and rolling. What? Unbelievable day and weekend of college football. One of my favorite weekends, obviously. Big games, a lot on the line. But uh, I thought this weekend specifically just had some gutsy performances and uh, – and I was glued to the TV. Gutsy performances. And honestly, fellas, I thought this weekend was was there to clarify things, clean up things, make them ironclad. I don't know if we got that. Obviously, we're going to go into all this stuff. But Matt, did it, did it do that in your mind, Matt? Do we have clarity? No, because the two things that could not happen, both TCU and USC losing, uh, happened they both lost and now you know I you know I I understand I get it Alabama's the boogeyman and I get it we all have PTSD from Alabama but if you really look at this thing from where it is if you're talking about the playoff in 2014 was brought about because 
the BCS was a nightmare. It was terrible. Yep. They wanted to get the four best teams, not the four conference champions, not the four teams. One has one loss, one has none, one has, you know, two have no losses. It's the best. Keep going. Teams. So, and I always also go back to 2014 too, George, because in 2014, the first year, the first year, Ohio State lost by two touchdowns at home to Virginia Tech. Yep. Baylor and TCU were ranked ahead of Ohio State every single week. Last week of the season, championship week, this weekend, TCU wins by like 50-something. Baylor won by like 30-something. Ohio State jumped them both. Now, I will say this, and this is what everybody should think about when you're talking about the boogeyman. Not only did Ohio State jump both of them and get in the game as the four seed, then they beat the one seed Alabama, then they won it all. So they won it all. That's what the playoffs are all about. It's supposed right. to get the four best teams. Right. We gotta get we gotta get you with a boom mic because even amongst our own field of 12 team and all throughout the land, Trevor, it's gone heavy with well the resume, but this team had the more quality win. I'm like, yeah, I get all, all that. I get all that. Honestly, we want you to get it with us. Uh, if you have something to sip, grab it. And if it's a ladies' night somewhere, if it's the fellows getting together in the man cave, couples night out, whatever it is, tell your babysitter, hey, we're going to be gone for an hour, rolling with the fellows on field of 12. It's time to get at it. Per our tradition here, grab something to sip. We're going to give a toast to our favorite player, team, or thing. Trevor Knight, we're going to start with you, sir. Yeah, I, you know, like I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, a lot that you could have choose uh, that you could choose from here this weekend. I'm gonna pick one from a game that that just ended a few minutes ago. A guy that was not in the limelight all year long. Sure, got some playing time, has been somewhat productive, but for all intensive purposes, before the guy ahead of him went down, the starter was was going to New York, was potentially gonna win the Heisman in Blake Corum. Yep. Donovan Edwards tonight, 185 yards on 25 carries. Man, step up to the plate, next guy mentality. That I know J.J. McCarthy played well, but to be balanced like that, that is an awesome individual performance from Donovan Edwards. So I'm going to toast to him tonight. Well done, my friend. Great. Donovan that's Edwards, four, who started, the, started training now. camp as four, got through week three at third, and then slowly, slowly moved up. Donovan Edwards to you, sir. Matt Hayes. Think about that. That's 400 yards now in two games for Donovan Edwards, backing up Blake Corm since Blake Corm's injury. That's phenomenal. Uh, I'm going back to Friday, man. I'm going back to Kyle Whittingham and the Utes, who mm -hmm. have firmly entrenched themselves at the, as the team in the Pac-12. Just a, just a gutsy performance. They got down early. And I think they realized, you know what? We're going to get physical. And granted, Caleb getting hurt definitely was a problem for USC. Definitely changed the, the framework of that game. But the youths were going to get physical, physical no matter what. That was going to be a last possession game. It just got out of hand because Caleb was injured. But the youths, man, what a game. It's two straight Pac-12 titles now. Two straight Rose Bowls for them. Sometimes I think we get lost in the playoff and we don't recognize what's also important out there. And just a tremendous tremendous season by utah who oh by the way lost week one in gainesville if you remember that yeah. to a if we look at it now it's just an average florida team um came back and just kyle held that team together 
another Pac-12 title, another Rose Bowl, another big game performance from Cam Rising. Love it. Love the Utes. Cheers to that. Cheers to Utes. The biker gang, as we call them here at Field of 12. They were the biker game in that game, too. They were the biker gang. Gritty, tore the place up. They were sons of anarchy, man. Yes, 100%. USC had that swag. You know, they they got on Caleb for painting his nails. Already had all their their travel arrangements set up. Last thing you want to hear is about 50 or 60 of these roll into town. You don't want these dudes in your town. They came and they did exactly what they set out to do. So first, our honorary always toast to the godfather of college football and all that is with entertainment around it. Coach Corso, good to see you, sir, down there in championship weekend in Dallas. Fellas, I'm going to go another way. I've been going back and forth like 12 different things. Like there's so much to celebrate. I want to use my toast to honor. And it's a young man who lost his brother. He didn't even practice this week. He was out most of the meetings. Um, he got to Purdue as a walk-on quarterback. He's going to end as one of the most famous athletes they've had there in a long time. And he's easily the bell cow on that campus. Drives his team into a tough battle tonight against Michigan, but heavy-hearted. I mean, it, it probably had to have been, and I'm imagining, a release more than anything. Be with your teammates. Be with your brothers. Be with your coaches. Doing what you love for the, probably the closest person to him that he knows is watching him. And I can't say enough about what kind of strength and courage that must take. You lost a sibling. And then you... Yeah. A week later, you go out there and you venture out there just to to, to put him on uh, for probably one of the last times in his career. He's going to get a chance to go on to the NFL. Aiden O'Connell, sir, uh, all the respect in the world to you and and uh, and your family. Uh, just congratulations on a hell of a career, but what a courageous night. Yep. All right. Fellas, mayhem took off. Last time we were together, we talked, we watched the playoff, we watched the rankings. The two bottom teams looked vulnerable, and everybody kept saying, oh, well, half the crowd said, they'll win, they'll be fine, this is great, four different conferences represented. And the other half said, well, wait a second, if they lose, then who? And if they lose, then who? There are two grizzly bears pacing back and forth outside on the front lawn. They have national championships. They have credibility. They have mass following. They tilt ratings. They both have megawatt coaches, star power all over the place. The last thing TCU and USC could do is crack either door open. UCSD's door got blown off. And TCU could not end the day locking their door, even closing it. They both lose. TCU goes down the night. USC falls last night. Were you shocked, Trevor, at what took place tonight in or this afternoon in Dallas with TCU going down to a really competitive but not overwhelming Kansas State team who's playing that game with a backup quarterback? Shocked, no. Um, I knew, and, and obviously Vegas and everybody else knew that this was going to be a close football game. Um, I, I had a feeling that TCU was going to find a way to, to go and beat Kansas State for a second time with everything that was on the line. I, I, I thought as they kind of navigated November that they got that look in their eyes and said, okay, everybody wants to downplay us. Yeah, we're undefeated, but they, 
They think that five, six, and seven are all that could all beat us or better than us. We're going to show you. And, and I don't think that they showed up to Dallas and, and laid an egg. They obviously played hard, came down to the last play of the game, essentially, when they were on offense there in overtime. Um, I was just a little disappointed that they didn't get it done. But that is all the credit in the world to a, a top 10 Kansas State team. A team that yeah. um, is, yeah. is historically there in Manhattan, the, 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 the type of squad that will reach up and bite you. They knew what was at stake coming into this game. They laced up their cleats in that locker room. They came out and they said, okay, you want a 15-round fight, prize fight? Let's go to war. Let's go to battle. And they just kept exchanging body blows and body blows and came up with a huge stop there, goal line stand um, in overtime against TCU. So – uh, a, a absolute huge tip of the cap to the Wildcats, but it does really spoil a Cinderella season for Sonny Dykes in year one there in Fort Worth. That, so there's a couple things he just said there, Matt, that they got to be highlighted. A, it's year one. Like Sonny Dykes now knows his way around campus. He can get around the building. Him and all the custodians probably got some little backstories and handshakes like now. Like really, in a year it's one, they definitely do. It's no doubt. Yeah, like now they do, <laughs> yeah. but it's not like they've been there. You know what I'm saying? This is year one. Yeah. Expect a 15 year extension coming e immediately if I'm his agent. The second point Trevor made there, which really goes to the heart of this matter, a half a yard, Matt. I know, man. Fate of the world on the line. You got a half a yard. A half a yard. That's staff, that's coaches, that's the 11 on the field. Give me your best play to get a half a yard and, and button this thing up. They couldn't get this half a yard. How big a deal is this now for those two Grizzly Bears pacing around outside for them? Yeah, I, mean, it's, I agree with you. First off, it's a half a yard, and you've got a 6'5", 240-pound quarterback. Yeah, yeah that point, too. It. Who's been Let's rolling. Have a have a fullback behind him pushing him, sneak it. It it was weird, strange. I mean, I I was kind of kind of taken aback by the way TCU game plan or game called, I should say, a lot of that game where typically when they would go on fourth down, they punted twice or they kick field goals, and I was thinking, this is not TCU. Meanwhile, Chris Kleiman was literally it was North Dakota State on that field. They yeah. were doing exactly what North Dakota State did in the FCS playoffs. They didn't care. They were going to impose their will on you, and this is what they're doing. And you yeah. got to stop him. And it didn't matter if you had a starting quarterback or a backup quarterback. This is what they do. That's what I love about his teams, man. Just a, a great performance. And the thing that I think stands out on both those games, both the losses, like you asked, George, if, if it's a surprise, it's not a surprise to me. And I bet Trevor could speak to this as well. Man, when you've got a conference championship on the line, when you've got a ring on the line, it means something. Correct. And I think everybody, we're so focused about the playoff you don't see that there's a ring on the line, man. These kids work for nine months. They yeah. sweat and bleed, man. They want to win something. Yep, correct. And, and, and that's a great point, Matt, because we'll see tomorrow. And I know we'll get into this later in the show. TCU still has a chance to go and play for it all. Um, it, depending on what the committee decides, they'd still have a shot to get in. But if, let's say if, if they did get in, and somehow navigate and win a national title, right? And now we're dreaming. Right. They will forever have to say, yes, we won a national title, or even, hey, we went to the college football playoff, but we didn't get it done 
in, in Jerry world in the big 12 championship, we got stuffed on the goal line. We do not have that big 12 ring. And that hurts. You're right. That hurts. Screw, screw the playoff. That hurts big time. You guys mentioned about not putting the ball in Max Duggan's hands on, on that final play. And, and I completely agree with you, but let's not forget Kendra Miller, his season total stats, 199 carries, over 1,200 yards and 16 touchdowns. The dude averaged 6.3 yards a rush. So wow. you, you want to get the ball in that guy's hands typically. But to each of your point, Max Duggan had the hot hand in this moment. So you have to put the ball in his hands in that situation, in my opinion, despite how good of a year and even a game that Kendrick Miller had. Well, so much can happen, Trevor. You got the shotgun snap. You got the handoff. Yep. You're pulling a guard. There's so much that can happen there. Just get under center and go, man. And again, again, you just said another keen point. It, we have this much to get. We really have to mail the ball back five yards yes. to come back the five yards to get it? Well, he's got to get is, it in turn. It's got to be the correct mesh. It's got to be everything. If you've ever walked up around Max Duggan, it feels like at his shoulder, he's six feet tall here. Right. A big old dude took off, rolls like he's fast. You can't get him on the ground. He, he, he kind of looks like Roethlisberger if you go back and put in that Miami of Ohio footage a little bit. Uh, but honestly, what are we doing? A half a yard. He gets in, plows like through it, Matt, and like you said, and just punch the ball across the line. Get this thing done. Barroom ball, like a barroom fright fight. Just choke him out and get done with it and get on with it. And now, Trevor, they lay vulnerable to this, like to these monsters. So let's, like, we're going to wind up going into it, but let's just get into the TCU part now. How strong is their case? How strong is their case? Conference champs, so all the yays are going to say, oh, they, they won their conference. Yeah, but there's five Power Five conferences. There's four seats. So if everybody won their conference, still somebody's going to get left out. That one doesn't hold to me a whole bunch. They have a competitive schedule. Yeah, but they also faced four backup quarterbacks this year. KU's quarterback down. K-State quarterbacks down. Like they like Oklahoma State quarterback. Oklahoma down. State's quarterbacks down. Like it's 25 spots in the top 25. Like tell me the monsters you beat. Texas was a good win. But Trevor, how are they going to stand up and make a case against Nick Saban? We know this time of year. This is our time of year. Mm -hmm. Hell, we just we won, we were in the championship last year and competed. Here comes Ohio State. Yeah, our schedule may not be like, you know, there's not a whole lot of big heads on the wall, but we're Ohio State. You know what we do. Give us that schedule. Give us Kansas State in a do or die. Now they have to hold up against those things. Take care of business. You don't have it. You don't. Now you're vulnerable. How do you feel the committee is going to sway either way, just on TCU? I think it's completely up in the air to answer your question. I, I don't know which way they're going to go. I'll tell you which way I would go. I think that they deserve to be in, and here's why. They proved – against all the naysayers that they can not only play offense under a Sonny Dykes-led team, 
but they can have a gritty, hard-nosed defense. And in that, when you couple those two things together, you can win football games. Also, their only blemish of the season that came today was a top 10 team in a conference championship. And it's not like if they would have lost by 10 points in regulation, maybe a different story, which isn't that much. But it was a it took a goal line stand in overtime for them to have their only blemish. And so for, for those for those reasons, I think that they're in. Can we get into a much longer discussion about why they may not end up being in? Sure, but I'll, I'll let Matt give his thoughts before I get into that. So go, what's, go ahead, what's Matt. odd to me, George, is I look at this and I heard, you know, one of the television bobbleheads say, um, yeah, Ohio State's in, now it's TCU and Alabama. And I'm thinking, wait, what? No, TCU's in. TCU mm. is in. They're in. I don't even know why this is even an argument, actually. Because if you're going to talk about, like, schedules, if you really want to put TCU schedule against Ohio State's schedule, uh-huh. the, the playoff committee keeps talking about that Notre Dame win. First off, it was 21-10, all right? It was also in Columbus. And a week after that, one week, seven days after that game, Notre Dame lost at home to Marshall of the Sun Belt. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Was it the next I don't. Week? I don't know why this is such a big thing for Ohio but State. But if you're in Columbus, you could also say the, the loss was so devastating to Ohio State they could not get up oh, and go. Come on, George. I'm just kidding. It's week one of the season, man. Come on. You're not devastated uh, after week one. But so so I look at that, and I, I look at not only the way T, TCU, the way they played the entire season. Frankly, I, you look at the Big Ten, the Big 12, how much difference is there between those two conferences this year? You look at the Big Ten – it's Ohio State. It's Michigan. And, I mean, I hear people say, well, what about Penn State? Well, guess what? Penn State's beating the same slop Michigan and Ohio State are beating. And when Penn State played the two teams of significance, they lost both games. So I, I, I look at that and I think, I don't know about the Big Ten this year. And I think the Big 12 was pretty good. I think the Big 12 had four or five strong teams. Teams at least, so, at least two of them better than what? The, the the only two in the Big Ten. So to me, this is just to me, and I, I'm actually blown away when people say that TCU is on the bubble. I think TCU is in. I think the question is, who gets the four? Is it one of the two? Which one of the two pterodactyls or whatever you call What do you call them, uh, George? Hey, that's fair. 
It's the pterodactyl. But pterodactyl. I got you right there, Matt. Which you one of them slipped up? Uh, you know, you just slipped up, right? What? It's the uh, what do you call it? The you, well, I don't know what you call it, but I call it. You slipped up. Your Dude. prior your prior argument counsel initially. You and you use this word four times in my notes initially, right. right out of the gate. Best teams, four times, eloquent, powerful, simple. Best teams, best teams. Be huh. Now you're giving me this resume. Look, Penn State and the slop, and this guy's and that, and the neutral side, and over here. Did you see that thing? And don't look over there. All that other stuff. But at kickoff tonight, field of 12 after dark, glad you're joining us, by the way. You said best teams. Best teams, I believe that, yeah. So let me tell you what the wise guys, and I just sent it to both of you. The wise guys in Vegas, TCU is not one of the best teams. They laid out Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, and USC, that, that top five, six teams. There's only one team they think TCU could beat at a neutral site. That's USC by three. Every other team that they feel would play that TCU would match up with, they're on the wrong side of it. Ohio State favored by five against TCU. Michigan, five and a half. Georgia by 10. Now, does that matter? Maybe. But those guys have been like pretty damn close on everything. Best teams. Best teams. TCU scrambled out there. And I mean, man, still, we got to raise a glass to the special teams coach at TCU for getting his field goal team on the field, lined up with 11 seconds and no timeouts and executed. No penalties, no nothing. Snap, ball, good, everything. Go get you some brown water, as you would say. They pulled that off. Ohio still State hasn't done that. that. Still can't the believe guys have a double-digit win over everybody they faced this year. Then they ran into a buzzsaw, and that buzzsaw being Michigan is ranked higher than TCU. We lost to a monster bigger than you, and we're bigger than you. That's what's going to be fascinating, Trevor, when the committee settles on down and they're probably having you know, their swordfish and lamb chops right now, sorting through all this type of stuff. Michigan is bigger than TCU. So for the Buckeyes, hey, look, they might have got us, and they, they did get us. Oh, they got us. But they're also bigger than the team you're comparing us to. All right, hold on. Ohio State's in. This is, that was not the argument, right? No, 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 no. Well, to Matt, it is. That's funny. To my point, TCU's in. Well, no, no. I, 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 uh, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with you. I think you're saying they're both in, correct? I think they're both in. Okay, so you think so, Alabama has no chance? You think the boogeyman's not getting? Is what you're saying? I think Ohio State's in, period, and TCU's the number four team over Alabama, is what I believe. All right. Well, then let's roll to the tide. Then your your thoughts on the tide, Trevor? Now, so you're saying Ohio's Alabama can't get past TCU's one loss. So this goes back to our argument here. What's the rubric? What are we basing this on? Is it simply off the best teams like we talked about, like you just mentioned? Or is it is there more to it? And um, I think given this year, 
there's more to it. And what they've shown us in the past is there's also more to it. Um, TCU deserves to be in over Alabama this year. Now, historically, will Alabama go and compete better potentially in the playoff? Yes. So, George, you're going you're gonna to follow me up saying that. Well, then Alabama should be in. But I don't believe that. I, I don't believe that they deserve to be in with their two losses over a TCU team that just lost in overtime to the number 10 team in the country. And that's their only blemish. That's fair. Okay, so let me roll back to Council's prior point. <laughs> prior, prior. Matt, all six of your vehicles are on the line. Your, your Jeep, your sports car, your SUV, your boat, all your vehicles are on the line. Neutral site, Alabama, TCU gets down. Where do you wager? What you going to wager? Uh, I'm betting on Alabama every time except for Georgia. Trevor, TCU and Alabama, neutral site. Now, I'm just asking just that simple question. This year, where would you go? This year? All, I think all I think eight of your endorsement deals on the line right now, on the line right now. Yeah, I um, I'll say this. You, you historically, we got to take that. We got to just sever that in our minds. That's and fair. Take it out historically, because this Alabama team is gettable. And yes, they have the reigning Heisman Trophy winner in Bryce Young, who's unbelievable. But Max Duggan is playing freaking really good football, and they also got some confidence behind them. Alabama went to Austin and struggled against a Texas team that TCU beat. And that shows me conference to conference right there that they're gettable. And so I think it'd be a lot better game than what we would have expected historically, just like this TCU team. Historically, Sonny Dykes, offensive football, they're not going to line up and hit you in the mouth, but they're doing it. So I, I again, I'm going to stick to it. I think TCU needs to be in the college football playoff at the number four spot over Alabama. So we that part is understood, overstood from your standpoint. I'm just asking if the two went into an empty stadium on their own and got it on, who do you think would win between Bama and TCU? I think it's a, I think it's a coin flip this year. Well, there you go. So it will be – Trevor did say a key point there, like many, but the, the one that's glaring is what rubric will they use? Best team or deserves – I've heard the word deserves come from Trevor quite a bit. Matt, you like towed the line. You came out with best team. Then you immediately went to what, what's been done. And I think it's fascinating. Does TCU absolutely deserve to be considered 100%? But then I look over, and the only reason I, I hold that Bama team close in uh, field goal and expiration on the road at, T at Tennessee who's hotter than fish grease at that point on the road, biggest game since Manning was on campus. And it took an ex uh, field goal and expiration to get him after Bama's kicker missed one. So there's one. And then LSU, Brian Kelly really stepping into his whole Cajun deal down there. Hell, we're going to go for two. Yeah. Going for two. Yeah. And it comes down to that. 
uh, the tight end Taylor catches it. Jason Taylor's nephew, by the way, catches a two point conversion in overtime. That's it. They rushed the field. Both fields got rushed. They lost two games by four points, both on the road. That's Bama's season right there. Both games they had control. That's go ahead. Had control of both games in the fourth quarter. Not not only that, like you're you're asking me, Bama did, right? Hypothetical. You're saying TCU or Alabama. I mean, I. Yep. To me, to me, Bryce Young's the best player in football, and I don't think it's even close. Actually, he's a magician out there, so he changes everything. And, and I think that's got also has to be part of your decision. And see, see the difference between me and Trevor is Trevor thinks that Ohio State's in. I think TCU's in. I think the question is Ohio State or, or Alabama. I don't know how mm-hmm. Ohio State goes from losing 22 at home in the biggest game of the season with everything on the line. You lose by 22 at home. You sit out and don't play championship week. Then you move up two spots because the two teams ahead of you lost. That is well, what the job is not about. It, well, at least it wasn't. Right. It's not supposed to be about. It's not supposed to be about slotting, about you just moving teams up. It's supposed to be about the four best teams. So I do think TCU is one of the four best teams. I think they should be in it. The question is now, who's the fourth? To me, that's the way I look at it. And and if you want to talk about one one win versus two wins or, or one loss versus two losses, look at 2016 with Ohio State. They lose to Penn State in that season. Penn State goes on and wins the Big Ten, but Penn State had two losses. They lost to Pitt earlier in the year. Mm. Ohio State got the spot in the playoff. They didn't win their division, didn't win their conference. They got in the playoff. So we've seen this before where the committee just says, no, that's the better team. The best team's getting in. And to your point, George, if they're really going to go, quote, unquote, talented best teams, then why wouldn't it just be SEC against Big Ten at that point? Why wouldn't it? Yeah, why wouldn't it just be that then? Why wouldn't well, you have Georgia one, right? I don't think it should be that just because of the banners, although I have been saying this all year long because the those top four teams, however, whoever they were, kept coming from those two conferences. Had USC won, then that's, that's how that played out. TCU won, that's how that played out. Both of those two teams lose. Uh, well, now you're vulnerable. Now it's up to the, it's up to the suits. When you had it on the field, one had a half a yard, and USC, like as as great as their quarterback is, and I've never been a guy to like hammer or knock a player or a unit. Their defense was atrocious. You got William Wallace out there playing quarterback for you like a new age hip hop version of William Wallace and 33 missed tackles leaning on guys, trying to bump guys out of bounds, tackling with your eyes closed. Atrocious. It's not scheme. It wasn't anything else. There were players on USC's defense that did not understand the task at hand or the specialness of what a great 60 minute effort would be just do your effort you know Caleb always comes with more than what you guys he's going to be the gap it's just like a couple of guys going to, to Denny's at 2 a.m the bill comes you four put down this much Trevor says 
Don't worry, I got the rest. He slaps his car down. He's covered the rest. But damn, you got to put down something atrocious by USC. I already told, I already said just on our last show, I thought they had the worst unit of the top 10 teams. So takes care of that. And then TCU, I mean, they played valiantly. Their, their William Wallace did his thing. Both those guys did. I hope they both make it to New York, but you still didn't win. And now this thing goes to the suits who are going to be up all night, lamb chops and whatnot, putting up diagrams and data points and all the rest of this stuff, thinking, yeah, but Saban, yeah, but the Buckeyes, yeah, but Bryce Young, and now here we go. We got more business to attend to. Field of 12 after dark. Conference championship weekend. Matt Hayes, Trevor Knight, George Whitfield. Fellas, to wrap up that TCU deal, Max Duggan, 18 for, 18 for 36 for 251 yards, also rushed for over 100 yards. And these weren't empty yards. Every yard they needed. Is he a, Where is he quickly in the Heisman? Obviously, he's there in New York. Is it he sitting next to Caleb coming one, two? Has this thing shifted out west before when it was all the way back east? Or, or where are we with the Heisman real quick? So, I mean, I have a vote, and I can tell you this. He's been on my radar the entire season. And I think what he did in that game only just supported what he's done all year. Um, I know he hasn't been on a lot of people's radar because it's, you know, frankly, it's TCU. Yeah. Um, but – He's a terrific player. I think what he did, he literally willed that team into position to win that game. And for some reason, when you've got a foot to go, you don't go with the six foot five, 240 pound quarterback. And I know I get it. He was tired. He was gassed. There's no doubt about it. But man, you got to push and get the fullback behind and push him over. Yeah. And, and you know, you win that game then. You win the game. And if you'd have whispered to a big fella, can you get me a half a yard? What do you think his answer would have been? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, ask Tre Trevor's play at quarterback at that level. Trevor, at that point, don't you just say, "Hey, I can get that foot. Let's just go. Let's just sneak it." Or, or at least, or at least make it a readable play where, you know, you're using numbers and leverage, right? Read the end. Hey, if he crashes at all, I know that he's off balance enough. I can roll over him as a QB, so I'm going to pull the ball and take care of it myself. We put, we ran that against Tennessee. In overtime, we ran the zone read. If, if he was crashing at all, I was keeping the ball. I ended up going outside and made it appear that I kind of put my shoulder into a big defensive lineman. And sco I scored the touchdown because he was off balance. If he was going to sit stagnant, then he hand the ball off. He got numbers. It's not another guy there meeting him in the hole. But you can't just blind. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blindly give it to him. I hear what you're saying, Trevor, on that. We, we Trevor will be right back. Matt, uh, I I think he's he's going to be in contention. You know, obviously the playoffs are bare. Michigan's going without a its main bell cow, but that's 
the ultimate school by committee, Trevor, uh, just to kind of pick up your point, um, Georgia, will Stetson Bennett, you know, we, we kind of talked off air. He's kind of driving an army, like a, like a, an army tank. Can he still get in the running for driver of the year when you're driving an army tank? I mean, there's still decisions to be made and, and, and damage to be mitigated and all these other things. Uh, Ohio state. I mean, the Heisman deal has kind of widened, flattened, and moved out west. We will get a chance to see other I business. Say this, George. I, Go ahead. I, I don't know why, and I'm not saying this is you. This is all of us. I don't know why we continue to minimize what that cat does every time he steps on the field. Who's that? He, Stetson Bennett. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. In I'm, I'm games, guilty man, of that. In big games, he makes big throws. He had four touchdown passes in the first half when the game was basically over today. Yeah. He keeps, I mean, he, they played three big games this year. He's got 11 touchdowns, no interceptions. I don't yeah. know how you can avoid that. He continues to play well in big games for them every single time they need it from him. Yep. I'm guilty of that. I guess I think I look at the Stetson Bennett deal as, you know, if Max Duggan was off the field for some reason, three, four weeks ago would TCU still be here. If Caleb, like, I don't even need to go into the USC thing. Uh, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. I almost kind of look at them as irreplaceable. Right. And you think Georgia is so solidified, so strong, so well built. Is he better than the best quarterback in their building? Clearly bar none. Is he their leader? Clearly bar none. But it almost feels like if he stepped off the tank, the tank is still going to roll people. It'll slow down. He can hop back on. They keep going. But I'm learning a lot. As I watch him, my respect for him grows weekly, Trevor. It's just I like Matt did get me right there. I do not see him as irreplaceable. I do see him as tip of the spear, not necessarily engine. You follow me on that? Yeah. But, but you know, blemishless team, um, what he's done to Matt's point. I'm curious y'all's thoughts really quick. And, and we, if we're not getting into this right now, that's fine. But you mentioned that everything's gotten flattened and widened. I'm sitting here thinking of eight, nine, ten names that we've tossed around that if they would have not gotten injured – or if they would have stepped up in their last game of the year or conference game, they would have separated themselves as the front runner. And, and I'm talking about Blake Corum. I'm talking about Hendon Hooker. I'm talking about Caleb Williams and Max Duggan, who both lose, um, you know, in these final games. And then you got Stetson Bennett, who you mentioned. Is he even going to New York? Is, is Bryce Young going back to New York? I'm curious who who are, who are the who are the five guys or or so that you would say hey these guys are truly in the discussion to go to New York City because I don't know if I could confidently name three of them right now go ahead the, the Matt is the voter well, Matt. I, I can tell you this if we're doing this just on the best player so it's the best player then Bryce Young would be on my ballot if we're talking about the best player then Jalen Carter would be on my ballot so it's, you know, I, I think if more people voted like that, you'd see Jalen Carter finish second or third in the country. But too often now with voters, it's the best quarterback on the best team. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even sure that helps out Stetson Bennett or not. And, mm-hmm. you know, you get to the finalists by what they do is they take the early voting and they get the 
three highest, three or four highest guys with the highest percentage of votes, and then they invite them to New York. So I don't know if Stetson Bennett's going to be there. Jalen Carter's certainly not going to be there. So it, it's I, I think you look at these things, and the award is kind of devolved into, hey, who's got the best stats at the most important position, and are they on a championship team? Because honestly, Friday night after that first quarter of the Pac-12 championship game, I think every one of us were going, all right, well, Caleb's going to win the Heisman now. And then three quarters later, look, not the case anymore. Yeah. I still think he wins it. I still think he he probably wins it, but it's it, it's certainly a question now. No doubt about that. Here's what there is some doubt about with some people. This is not such a wide debate, but it certainly is worth kicking around. Is Georgia the outright one, or is it 1A, 1B? Given everything Michigan's done this year, Georgia beat – was Tennessee one when Georgia beat them? No, they couldn't be. Georgia was one. What was Tennessee rank? Was that one, two? I think it was one and three. Okay. They beat a third-ranked Tennessee team hot now. Hot. At home. Good win. Big win. Beat them up. Michigan goes on the road into Ohio State and demolishes Ohio State. Mm-hmm. arguably that's the biggest win of the season arguably i mean there's some other ones that are like more heartfelt and man this is the first time in 88 years or whatever i'm talking to this other season now body of work and everything else and more consistency but georgia has had some like 12 rounders that got ugly and they figured their way to get out of them is it like beyond debate to ask why Michigan couldn't also be number one. Uh, here, I'll answer that first. Um, I don't think it's even a question. Um, you have them at one. If they come out against an LSU team, that's obviously gettable. And we saw head against a pitiful Texas A&M team the a week before, and it's a close game. Now I think there's a discussion, but you put up 50 plus points. Yeah. You, you absolutely control the game from start to finish. You do exactly what you're supposed to do on a big stage, and you've got reigning national champion under your belt. You've got, you know, you mentioned the Tennessee game, all, all of those different things. You, it's just not a discussion. Not taking anything away from what Michigan has been able to accomplish, but in that scenario, Georgia's my clear-cut number one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think Georgia's lost in the regular season since like October of 2020, I think is what it is. It's just ridiculous. And and I I mean, you look at them this year, and and there we talk about how they don't have any flaws. I I don't know George that I see like I don't know that I see any cracks anywhere. That's Enjoy, the problem. Yeah, yep. the problem is 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 offensively they have enough in the running game to hurt you. Stetson makes big plays in big games. They've got a tight end who's going to be a mismatch for everybody. Then on defense. They literally just play too high every game. They and they say, we can get you with four. We don't care. We'll get you with our four. We'll we'll blitz one or two every once in a while. But for the most part, we're going to play too high and we're going to kill you. And that's what they do. They just bludgeon you. That is, that's the most impressive thing about Georgia to me is graduating eight draft picks on defense, five yeah. first rounders, and it's that next guy up mentality. I think that is more of a tip of the cap to Kirby Smart and the culture at Georgia that they've created than anything else, because that is unheard of. 
to sit, to be talking about Georgia's defense the way that we are. And most of those guys, a majority of that defense was not a starter last season. Right. I think it's absolutely commendable. Not only that, here's another, here's a great number for you, Trevor. They lost 15 guys to the draft. They lost 13 more to the portal, 28 wow. guys. That's 32% of their scholarship players they lost. That's, wow. Think and about right that. back. Think right about back. that, man. 32 uh, of the scholarship players they lost. I did not know that. That's unbelievable. Here's the killer part. Vegas uh, has Georgia four-and-a-half-point favorites at a neutral set against Michigan. The next closest team they see against Georgia, Ohio State, five-and-a-half-point favorites against the Buckeyes. Moving on, let's go into this Michigan game. Uh, the Wolverines, man, they got in. They took care of business as we thought they would. Took them a little bit of time, but then just like those two big old racehorses coming down the back stretch, the better one pulls away. Michigan 43-22 over a Purdue team that was game, but obviously is going through a lot. They take care of business. They now move on. They finish now. Most wins in Michigan's storied history, 13-0. and And now they are primed now to be in the college football playoff, most likely there at two. What was your big takeaway in watching them? And I'm asking this to both of you. And I also want to say this to, to, to both of you to drive forward. Michigan woke up this morning knowing win, lose, draw, something strange, we're going regardless. Same with Georgia. Like, I even advocated out loud, why would I even play my starters if I'm Georgia? Like, what's the difference? I get out here and one of these heroes from LSU takes a shot and takes out Stetson Bennett. Yet, both teams treated tonight like it was the national championship. Both showed up, both played, both outperformed what the predictions were on them. And they played down to the end of the game. Both coaches had both sets of starting units in there all the way to the end. Both had blowout wins in almost an effort to just, you know, yes, this is who we are and leave nothing on the table. And their table was big enough. They could have left it all on the table and been great the next day. Yeah, I'll, so, I'll go first. All right. I'll go first here. I I think the difference in this football game um, was that Michigan found a way, certainly in the second half, but in the game, to get the ball in the end zone when the opportunity presented itself. You look at the game cast, if you will, and Purdue, after their first quarter touchdown, they were able to move the football pretty well. They had a couple turnovers, which hurt them but they had five field goals in the remainder of the game, which wow. tells me, Hey, you're moving the ball down the field. You're just not capitalizing when you get on the plus side of the field and certainly into the red zone. You, 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 you get half of those, half of those five. It's a completely different football game. Michigan did not kick a field goal in the game. Um, and, and maybe they did, but they didn't make one. All of their scoring points came off of touchdowns. And uh, Purdue had five field goals following the, uh, the the first quarter touchdown. I think that's the difference in the game. Tip of the cap, though, to J.J. McCarthy. Um, yeah. Matt mentioned it pre-show. The guy gets better with every single throw. And you can see it in his confidence. 
some of the throws that he made tonight, I thought were just absolute ropes. Um, showed a lot of poise in a big-time matchup. Coming off, obviously, a big win from Ohio State. But, yeah. man, the guy just looked good. And then, obviously, Donovan, my, my toast of the night. Dude was just the bell cow in the run game. And, um, and Michigan's the real deal. I mean, Michigan has every bit to go and navigate this playoff than, than anybody else. It's going to be fun to watch. They are going to be fun to watch. First of all, that unit we've been talking about all season, Michigan's offensive line, four of the five, all Big Ten. And they no doubt will have a couple All-Americans sprinkled in there. Secondly, um, they travel. What they do best travels. There you go, Matt. Uh, still My here dog just got the internet. Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> No problem. The, but we're, we're talking about with Michigan, they travel. The things they do best can't be affected by anything else but a gnarlier opposite equal, which I'm, I'm sure there's a juxtaposition there. But it, same with Georgia. It's, it's not like, hey, we rely on our fastball. It's not because we also base run. And we also do this and we also do this and we also do that. So if that thing isn't working, it doesn't bother us. Uh, so Michigan pulls it off. Uh, so he, let me, let me say this, George, if you don't mind, this yeah. is what I like about Michigan right now is, and we talked about this before the show, JJ just seems to be getting better. Like every play mm-hmm. it's not, you know, sometimes you say he's getting better every game. JJ McCarthy looks like he's getting better every single play. Agreed. Like it's, he's, it's all starting to unfold for him, but I will say this. He has got to learn like how to take the profit, man. He yeah. just does way too much where I'm going to make this play and I'm going to throw this ball downfield. And that might work against Purdue. It might work against Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers, but that's not working against Georgia. That's you a, almost that's could a see turnover. It's a sack. You're going to get hurt when you start doing that. I feel like I can hear the, the wheels in his mind thinking, well, I got the ball and I'm out here and it's a pass play. And if I don't spin this ball this on this one, it's going to just be take 12, the profit, man. It's going to be 12 more plays before they call a pass play. Let me, <laughs> just let's see what we can he's do. He's got like a little five yard dump off. Just take it, take it and go I, to the next play. I will say this this rascal is throwing ropes, like you guys said. Yeah, he is dead, full dead speed, dead, sp- dead sprint, uh, going either way. And that is fun to watch. But as he matures and as they build this around him, recruiting is going to take a surge. I'm curious what what do they reap from from this season with portal and recruits and all that? The Michigan Wolverines uh, go on in. We're going to flip now. We're we're going to just assume that you guys saw the other games. Georgia knocking out LSU fifty to thirty, and a great season now. Again, first year for Brian Kelly and his staff in the SEC championship game. So they took advantage. Last night, Utah and the Biker Gang knocked out USC 47-24. But there was some other college football news. And this kind of like slow rolled its way. And, you know, it was up, but it wasn't announced. And it was assumed, but nothing official came forward. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, accepts the job just right before we go on with you all at the University of Colorado. And, I mean, now – two, three years ago, he's on the NFL network. Colorado is still out in the wilderness. And today we're saying coach Deion Sanders is the head coach in Boulder, Colorado. Matt, when I tell you that, what's the first couple things that come to your mind? I mean, they're getting a great recruiter, a guy that knows how to relate to young dudes. They're getting a great quarterback and his son, Shadur, yeah. who I'm sure is going to transfer no, to Colorado. Of course. 
And I, you know, I've been saying this now. I thought Auburn should hire him because I, I think what Dion could do is transcends the football field. Mm-hmm. And I've been saying this for I don't know how long. Dion will use his will. He will literally use his will to convince the Pac-12 to everybody's got to play an HBCU school. And then eventually it's going to be all power fives have to play HBCU schools. There's 21 of them. So, and they struggle. They Great struggle financially. year after that. year after year. They struggle financially. Right. And, and why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't the power five schools, if, if, if not even give them one or 2% of your huge media deals, play them every year, give them those million dollar games, the, the buy-in games that everybody gets. Why would you not try and help them survive? I think just on sheer will alone, Dion is going to convince them to do that. First of all, great point by you in a tweet there. If you follow uh, at Matt Hayes, CFB, he broke it down earlier. Power fives could obviously they, they load the September schedule, Trevor, with whoever they want to play. And these guys go play, you know, barbecue tech. And these guys go over here and get, you know, tiptoe state. You could go play Howard. You could bring in Florida A&M. You could go get like Morgan State. Any number, Tennessee, Tennessee State's going to play Notre Dame next year. You could do that if you wanted to. And Mac, just that's just like a like what a forward-thinking, thoughtful look. There's 21 of them, historical, and they produce some of the best football players that the sport's ever seen. You could rotate amongst the 65. Yeah, and they could all have a power five. They could really all have two a year. They but, could. So, but to that point, um, Trevor, and I, I know I'm looking at that same thing. Trevor, your thoughts there on uh, on that last, you know, on that last bit of news, Deion Sanders going to Boulder. Yeah, I think I think Matt hit it on the head. Um, the guy is you talk about a player's coach and I think he takes it one step further, right? Typically what I would uh, define a player's coach is as, as a guy that is a great coach, great recruiter demands a lot out of his players, but can also come down to their level, right? Guys, uh, you know, want to walk into his office, they believe in him. And then so on Saturdays or Sundays or whenever they play, they, they go out and they give the guy their all. Deion Sanders takes that to a new level because not only, Matt, to your point, does he relate to players really well, but he's also still relevant in his playing days. He's the best. He's arguably, but a lot of would say he's the best to play his position. And so when you've got a guy that can come in and look you in the eye and say, hey, look, listen to what I say, because if you do, you can go and do what I did, right? Or listen to my advice. I've been there before and done it at the highest level. I think that transcends everything. And so him stepping on campus in Boulder, they are automatically, to me, a well north of 500 football team. And I think that's in year one is my prediction. Yeah, they're they're what, 25 and three at Jackson State in his time there. Mm -hmm. Two conference titles unbeaten season this year they were terrible before he got there he's got a staff full of his of his friends from the nfl circle they're all former nfl players they all can recruit he's going to get players there colorado man there it's it's going to be and with the portal it's going to be a lot quicker than you think so a couple quick things just in listening to both of you that come to mind one boulder is about to be the most fun 
campus and student section in the Pac-12. Like they're already letting you, they're already letting you go up there and roll what you need. You know that. So just imagine, couple that. Here comes Coach Prime. Here, like the vibe of the stadium, which they probably used to play a little Leonard Skinner, and they probably used to have some. I, I imagine some of those traditions will give way some well you know prime doesn't drink smoke or cuss you know that right well i'm just saying but that that don't mean the students don't have to i'm just simply saying so recruiting i agree portal i agree if you can get the 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 big kid i forget his name the the number one player in the country to come to jackson state when he had bama and florida state and everybody travis else. hunter travis, travis hunter, hunter. You can get some kids to come to Colorado that would have otherwise gone to some other places, but here's what he's going to run up against. Yes, the two biggest brands in the Pac-12 are leaving for the Big Ten, but they still live in Southern California. They're still going to recruit Southern California. Lincoln Riley's first year, they're, 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 they were in, now they're out, but they're still one of the hottest teams west of the Mississippi. Right. UCLA is still UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and the state of Arizona. Like they're all going to have something to say. They're not going to just moonwalk off the dance floor because this dude comes into the con into the conference. That's just not going to happen. That's going to be fascinating. The other thing is we're going to get a chance to see the coaching level. He brought, I really felt like he, he tipped the scales so heavily with the recruiting and yeah, he was coaching, but we look, we don't get a chance to see Jackson state in a bunch of national primetime games now we're going to see what he does with Dan Lanning in Oregon. Now we're going to see what happens when he locks horns with the new Washington staff and they were taking heads off at the back of the season. Now we're going to chance to see what happens when it's October 1st or October 8th or 10th and he's played six games and the back of the schedule knows this is what Colorado does best. We have a chance to see it now. So can he do it? Absolutely. But he's got the biggest reclamation project now and they now have the loudest coaching staff. It's going to be, if nothing else, they're going to be somehow, some way on Sports Center somehow. Yeah. Now, could they be six and one? Maybe one and six, probably not. But it's going to be somewhere in between. But if Sonny Dykes can go to TCU and they're in this thing in year one, why not the Buffs? We're going to find out for real what, what. I mean, what a, what a, what a project. That's I'll tell you happens. this. Yeah. If, if I was a current player in Boulder playing for the Colorado Buffaloes, my boots for my job, if I was a starter, because I, given what you said, Matt, about the portal and what Dion's going to come in and do, if you uh -huh. don't fit his mold, you're not play there. I would be. I would be going, man. I hope this guy likes me because I think there's a well north again of fifty percent of that roster that was on the field this year that will not be touching the field yeah. come this season. We I mean, regret it all to Monday, man. Monday Say it again, Matt. Monday, the world changes. It literally changes on Monday when the portal opens. So real it, quick. That's yeah, when and, everything's and look change. at the timing. Look at the timing yeah. of when they hire Coach Prime to get in there and take advantage. Real quick, your top four. What's your predictions for tomorrow, Matt? 
Uh, I think it's going to be what what everybody pretty much thinks it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to be um, Georgia one, Michigan two, uh, TCU three, and Ohio State four. Trevor, I'm going to flip those last two, Matt, just based off of uh, gut feeling about what the committee is talking about. It's going to be Georgia at one, Michigan at two, Ohio State at three, and TCU at four. They're going to have a Big Ten, um, you know, a rematch. East rematch there in the semi-final as opposed to potentially the final. Wow. My personal thoughts on this tomorrow, it never goes chalk. Never. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and the Roman Army somehow, some way, Alabama led by Nick Saban winds up going in. And the state of Texas the state of Texas takes up arms. Watch, unfortunately. Um, but if TCU goes in, obviously we're all rocking purple next Saturday. For Matt Hayes, Trevor Knight, George Whitfield Jr., and our producer, Dagan Hughes, thanks for rolling with us tonight, Field of 12 After Dark. See you next week.